Well, I'm going to wrap up this series uh, this morning on uh, From the Heart, and then next week, um, beginning a new series entitled More Than a Book, More Than a Book, and we're going to be talking about not just having a Bible, but loving it, knowing its value, and I'll go ahead and I'll give you a little bit on this. Uh, One of the number one things that the enemy is really intent on doing is keeping you out of the Bible. And they'll give you all kinds of lame excuses that we buy into. We buy them by the dozen, don't we? Come on. That keep us out of, oh, I'm too busy on this. I fall asleep. I don't understand. Blah, 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 blah. And he gives us all these lame things that we buy into. Because the number one way that God reveals himself to us is through his word. The enemy just wants to keep you out of that light and that word and that bread and that meat and all of all of that it is. And we're going to spend about seven or eight weeks on more than a book and get here, get here and get some folks here. We're also going to do kind of a cool project along with it that we'll talk to you a little bit later about. But um, I'm promising you this series will be life changing. And I trust that for each one. So this morning, I want to wrap up from the heart. Let me do a little bit of review. And then we're going to get into something that is just very, very important for us this morning. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Is everybody with me this morning? It says, guard your heart above all else, for it, your heart, determines the course of life. We've got to guard our heart out of our heart, from the heart. That's where everything flows from. That's where obedience flows from and worship flows from and love and, and all of the giving, all of those things that come from our heart. Jesus also gave us some list of some pretty ugly, dark things. That, and he said, where did these things come from? They come up out of our hearts. And so we are instructed from Scripture to guard our heart. You, get this, you are to guard your heart. Amen. I said, you are to guard your heart. I can't guard your heart. You can't guard my heart. You are to guard your heart and you're to take that very seriously because that determines the course of your life. That's where life is flowing from, is from our heart. Now, to guard our heart, and we've spent some time on this, you must guard your heart presently in a proactive way, a preventative way, a protective way that you're not wanting certain things to get into your heart. Very, very important. You cannot, and I hate to just mess your day up like this, but you cannot watch just everything that's out there. And you can't listen to everything that's out there. You can't be a part of everything that's out there. Oh, but it's fun and it's cool. Yeah, but you've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your heart. That's all, that's the only reason you need. I'm guarding my heart, guarding my heart. And it's important that you guard your heart presently, proactively, in a preventive fashion. But just like I've said, you know, sometimes you're trying to keep the mosquitoes from coming in. You know, you come home at night, the light's been left on, and you open up and all the bugs are around the light. Y'all live in Florida, right? Okay. And so you've got all them, and you try as you might to keep them all out. How many of you know a few of them end up getting in, and they find you in the dark just as you're about to, you know, go to sleep. And then we've got to deal with that as well, because the things that do get into our heart, we've got to be careful to get those things out of our heart and uh, so that we actually can, in in some sense of the word, uh, repair our hearts from the things that get in. Now, let me draw for you one last time here this morning. This is your heart, and your heart is actually shaped just like that. Not really. Um, Jesus compared our heart to soil. And what we must draw out of that comparison is is one of the things about soil, the earth, so to speak, 
is whatever gets into it, it's going to try to make it do what? It's going to try to make it grow. And your heart is the same way. Please get this, church. Your heart is the same way that as things get into your heart, somebody said something to you, you saw something, something happened, uh, you're exposed to something, you know, you did something, whatever it would be, these things get into our heart. And if we're not quick to get those out of our heart, then given some time, guess what happens? They start growing some roots. This is really weird looking. Starts to grow some roots. It would be good and helpful at that point as soon as you realize, wow, that's, you know, that's in my heart. It's kind of stuck in my heart. I got to get that out of there. The quicker, the better. Y'all with me? Quicker, the better. But then if we don't get it out and we allow for time, guess what happens? It grows. And sometimes it grows and grows and grows. And we, some people have shrubs. Some people have hedges. Some people have forests. Some people have jungles. Well, the good thing is your heart can be repaired. This ground can be reclaimed, and it's important that we do this. Now, understand also that the things that get in your heart, some of those things are positive things, and you want them to take root. You want to keep them in long term. You want them to grow. And so you should be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. But also you could have some bitter kind of poisonous things that are, that are in there as well. So this deals with dealing with the past then to guard our heart. You know, it's one thing to proactively, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to pay attention to that. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm, I'm not going to partake of that. You're guarding yourself proactively. But that's only part of the game because guess what? You haven't known your whole life to guard your heart. You've had some unguarded moments. Sometimes you weren't equipped. You weren't instructed uh, to do that. I, di- I didn't know. No one modeled it for you. And so those things get in. So that's in the past. And those things now determine... Largely, why you are the way you are. Why you handle some things, act certain ways, insecurities, overdue on this, you know, freak out on this, whatever, largely a lot of bitter, locked up, you know, whatever it would be in the negative sense. A lot of those things, critical, I could just go on and on and on. Those things are in there because of something that happened in the past. Typically, we tend to do one of three things with that. People are either in denial about that. No, it's all good. It's all good. Or they cope. And then, well, you know, it is what it is. Or thirdly, and this is what we're after here, is you repair your heart. You repair your heart. And thank God that we can. Thank God that He he wants us. He wants to help us and He will help us. He'll create in us a new heart and, and help us to heal and restore and replenish that heart and get it back to the way that it should be. Can anybody say amen? amen. Now, we've looked at a number of things. Sin, and as sin occurs in our life, uh, and it's not just, you know, sin. Everybody sins. That's, I'm not making, I'm not minimizing that. My point is everybody sins. And if you say that you have not sinned, the Bible says the truth is not in you and you've lied. And that's a sin. So we have sin, but it's the sin also that we practice, that it becomes pattern in our life that we definitely need to get forgiveness for all sin, but those patterns of sin, we want to get those things up and out of our life. And the way that we do that is we repent, we repent. And that's to turn from it and turn to God and God will help you. He will gift you. It's a gift that we're even able to do that. And he will help you in that process so that you can break that, uproot that out of your life. 
with me on that? Secondly, we get hurt. How many of you have ever gotten hurt before? Okay, there they are. Okay. Uh, we get somebody disappointed you, somebody betrayed you, somebody, they didn't mean to do this, but they said this or they did that or they didn't say this or didn't do that. And you have careless people and you have evil people and you have selfish people and, you know, you have all those things that happen and we end up getting hurt. And I would predict that probably between now and noon on Tuesday, you're going to get hurt again. Reality is before you go to bed tonight, somebody, something probably, you know, there's a good chance going to cross you in some way. So what do we do with that? A lot of people just hold that in their heart. And if you hold that in your heart, you're going you're to become bitter, unforgiving, negative. It's going to kill your creativity. It encroaches on your peace and your joy. I mean, it's a horrible thing. It, it uh, just binds root-wise. It binds so many other things around you. And so what do we do with hurt? We've got to forgive. We've got to forgive. Easier said than done, but we've got to forgive. And you owe me nothing. And you release people. And what that does, that uproots, that uproots that hurt plant, uh, so to speak, out of your life. And then we saw good. Everybody say good. Have maybe had anything good ever happen to you? Did you know that God is good? Uh, well, let me tell you again, in case you're wondering. God is good. God is good. And he wants good for you. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And it's, it's his good pleasure to give us good things. And he's given us freely all things to enjoy. And God's not a withholder. God is a giver. And he wants good in our life. And uh, when good comes, though, good is good. Oh, come on. Good is good. You, you ever had just some food and it is getting close to lunchtime? And it's like, mm, there just aren't even words, you know. Come on with it. Mm, mm. It's just, it's just good is good is what we're trying to say. But how many of you know that good can go bad? Good goes bad when we are not thankful, when we're not grateful. And you can get a hardened heart and have ingratitude. And ingratitude is the last step before rebellion. When you stop being thankful, you're headed toward rebellion. And rebellion is a very destructive thing in your life. And when you have ingratitude in your heart, it causes your heart, the soil of your heart, to be hard. And that's probably the thing Jesus warned us most about and commented most about is hardness of heart. And when you have hardness of heart, it causes a whole lot of other things. So what we must have in our hearts and what must be a practice in our life is that we're a grateful people. I said we're a grateful people. And we don't just think our thanks. That's the fruit of our lips. Giving thanks. And you do that with people around you and you do that to God, your heavenly father. I mean, you should be thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you need to be thankful all the way around. It's the most nourishing, life-giving, incredible element that can be in your heart. And just as hardness of heart causes all kinds of other conditions, gratitude in your heart drives away other conditions. And if you if you're going to go for it, I'm telling you, get gratitude in your heart. It needs to be a part of your life all the time. Don't just save up for two days a month or something. Okay, make it a part of your life all the time. Amen. Now, let's move on. I want to share one other thing with you here. And in Psalm 90, verse 12, it says this. So teach us. So this, this is a prayer. It's a request. So teach us to number our days that we say that's me that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We need wisdom in our hearts. 
We need wisdom in our hearts. So teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. We must number, teach us how to number our days. That's not just count them. That's not just mark them off on a calendar. It actually in the Hebrew means this. It's to weigh out. To weigh out. It's to evaluate, to closely uh, look at the value, the weight, to weigh out and consider our days. And so we're in a day and we have days coming up, but this largely also has to do with days that we've already had. And maybe you know that there's wisdom to be gained from the days we've already lived. And so teach us to weigh out our days, even to look back a little bit so that we can gain a heart of wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7 says this, wisdom is just another thing. Y'all looking at the screen there? Wisdom is... It's like the weatherman. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's the chief thing. It's the primary thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Which is saying this, in the process of getting wisdom, you will have to get understanding. And... Uh, we need understanding. It's a big issue for a lot of folks is they don't have understanding. Therefore, they don't have wisdom. But we must get wisdom. In order to truly guard our hearts, we must gain wisdom. If you don't gain wisdom, zero in with me here. If we don't gain wisdom, there are cycles that are going to repeat over and over and over in our lives. We're going to keep doing dumb things. And really, that's one of my definitions for wisdom. Don't do dumb things. For real. And so if, if we're going to guard our hearts in the days past, in the days that we're in, the days that we're coming into, we must gain wisdom. Then we must get that wisdom in our life because if we don't, then there's cycles that are going to get repeated over and over in our, in our lives. And to break these cycles, here's what we must do. Well, I didn't want to be green. To break these cycles, we must... We must learn. We must learn. I pray that you have more and more aha moments. Aha. That you see it. Do you remember when you first learned to do something? It's like, aha. I seriously can remember the first time I tied my shoe. I'm out. It's about, what now? About two months ago. It was just, <laughs> we called everybody. It was awesome. No, but I do remember, you know, the first time I did it, it's like, ha. And then you go back and you do it again. Hey, I got to tell you this too. Gabriel, my 12 year old, and I don't like to tell a lot of stories on my kids, but um, he's learned card tricks, all kinds of stuff just online. He'll just go to YouTube and he'll learn stuff. Hey, I want to show you all something. He'll walk in and do one. So last evening, I'm, I'm picking out clothes for today and going through ties and stuff. And he goes, he goes, can I see this tie? And I said, sure. So I gave him this tie and he puts it on. He goes, double Windsor. And it was perfect. And I thought, what's with this guy? But he learned. He learned. Now, get this statement, and I will say it to you again before we leave today. What you fail to learn from, you're destined to repeat. What you fail to learn from, you're destined to repeat. Will you say it with me? What you fail to learn from, you're destined to repeat.
Now, I don't want to mess with anybody here, but let me just give some illustrations. That's why some people are on their 10th marriage, their 17th job, their 6th DUI. And fifth grade was the best four years of their life. (laughs) Because what you fail to learn from, you are destined to repeat. We learn, get this, we learn either by instruction or by experience. We can learn in the classroom or we can learn by crisis. Get this now. You can learn by instruction or you can learn by experience. You can learn in the classroom or you can learn by crisis. Now, I don't know what it is, but I see more and more people in crisis. And if you're in crisis, learn from it. Learn from it because you don't want to go back to it. I wish somebody was here to hear me on this today. If you're in crisis, whether you created it, somebody else created it, guess what? Learn from it. Learn from it. Squeeze out some wisdom from this so that you break that cycle and you don't go back through that again and again and again. Psalm 119, verse 67 and verse 71 says, and this is from the message, Before I learned to answer you, I wandered all over the place, but now I'm in step with your word. My troubles turned out for the best. They forced me to learn from your textbook. In the New Century Version, it says, Before I suffered, I did wrong, but now I obey your word. He's saying, I learned from my troubles. Let me just ask you, which is better to learn from? Instruction or experience? Classroom or crisis? I would rather, come on, I would rather learn in the classroom than by Christ. I'd rather learn by instruction, y'all, than by experience. It is said that wise people look at yesterday and ask how it could affect tomorrow. I believe also wise people look at today to determine how that's going to affect tomorrow. In Proverbs 22, verse 3, it says this, A prudent person, a wise person, foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Listen to it in the message. A prudent person sees trouble coming and ducks. A simpleton walks in blindly and is clobbered. It's better to be wise. Everybody say, it's better to be wise. And see, a wise or prudent man, he foresees evil. He hides himself. He alters his course. He sees something ahead that is dangerous and he alters his course, but a fool just keeps on going and walks right into trouble. And usually a fool has companions. Don't be a fool and don't be a companion of fools. Because the dialogue is not good. It will not serve you well. Well, it's okay. I think we're fine. Everybody's doing it. Dear Jesus. But if you're wise, you see something in your course, in your path, and you recognize it as dangerous. Now think think this out with me. How do you recognize it as dangerous? Because you've been instructed and you've been warned? Somebody taught you that's dangerous. Or... You've been there before. You're going along your path, and all of a sudden you see you have opportunity to pick a fight 
with a sumo wrestler. And then you think back, my mama always told me, never pick a fight with a sumo wrestler. So either you learned it by instruction and warning, or, oh yeah, I remember the last time I picked a fight with a sumo wrestler. That's when my rib cage was crushed. Here's my advice. Stay away from sumo wrestlers. Plus they wear some pretty weird outfits too, but that's something else. But listen, we recognize something as dangerous. We recognize a risk. We recognize something as evil. Either because we've heard of it, we've been warned, we've been instructed, or we've seen it before, we've engaged it before, and we remember. And and that's why you don't pet an alligator. That's why you don't stick your tongue on a frozen flagpole. Just watch a movie, Wonderful Life, and you'll say, I've always wanted to do that. No, no. Be warned of that, because I promise you, if you don't hear the warning, if you don't do the ins- heed the instruction, then you go ahead and do that. You're going to know why they warned you and why they gave you instruction. And so we've got to squeeze wisdom out of this. Now, Proverbs 26, 11, in, the, in today's English version, it says this, A fool doing something stupid a second time is like a dog going back to its vomit. Everybody say, that's gross. Exactly. That's the point. That's the point. The New King James says, a fool who repeats his folly. He repeats his follies in a cycle. That's like a dog returning to its vomit. That's pretty graphic. It's so graphic. I, we've got a video we want to show you here. If y'all would go ahead. No, we don't. We really don't. Some of you are like, No. All right, let me share with you a couple of things that we must do here. First of all, let's read in, in Matthew 26, verse 41. It says, watch and pray. Everybody say that. Watch and pray. Guess what? You just memorized some scripture. I'm so proud of you. Watch and pray. Everybody say it again. Watch and pray. Watch and pray, lest or so that. You enter, you don't enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. In the message, it says, stay alert. Be in prayer. So you don't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. There is a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God. But there's another part that's as lazy as an old dog sleeping by the fire. And so here's two things we're going to look at real quick here. First of all, you need to watch. Everybody say it again. Watch. Watch carries the idea of being vigilant. Vigilant. But it also has the idea of observing. That you watch something happen. And I believe that we can learn a lot. Y'all with me? We can learn a lot by watching others. You can learn a whole lot of good things by watching, in a positive sense, by watching some people do some things. We have a little training formula around here that's pretty much like this. Watch me do this. Do this with me. Let me watch you do it. You do it. But watching is definitely involved there in making that happen. That's the way we learn most things. Watch somebody do it. Do it with them. Let them watch you do it. You do it. So watching is important. We can learn a lot of wonderful, positive things 
by watching somebody. But guess what? We can learn a lot of things also by watching somebody in a negative sense. You know, there's some people you probably should pick up the phone or send them something and say, I just want to thank you so much for all you've taught me. All the things you've taught me what not to do. I still have my sanity, my marriage, my everything else because I watched you. You know, and sometimes people's bad example, we can watch and we can learn from that. In Proverbs 7, Proverbs 5, we find the writer saying, I looked out the window. Uh, My mom always would look out the blinds. Did your mom do that? She was always like, and then you walk in the room, she just kind of dropped the blinds. She's always looking. And we also had, and I shouldn't even say this, but she's in heaven, so she can't get me until later. But uh, we had a party line. How many of you had a party line? I mean, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Party line. No. And sometimes I'll walk in the room and she's listening. She's forgiven now. She made it to heaven. It's, it's awesome. I'm in trouble, but it's, it's okay. But um, the writer says he looked out through the blinds, so to speak. He looked out and he saw a young man, get this, who lacked understanding. Well, if he lacks understanding, he doesn't have wisdom either. And he watched him be seduced and led astray to a place that brought him to the point of total destruction. And he said he did not know that it would cost his life. Then in Proverbs 24, we read this. It says, I walked by. See, he's he's observing. I walked by the field of a lazy person. How did he know it was a lazy person? The vineyard of one with no common sense. And I saw. It was overgrown with nettles. It was covered with weeds and its walls were broken down. Watch this carefully, this next line. Then as I looked and thought about it, I learned this lesson. Look at that. I looked and I thought about it and I learned this lesson. A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Look at me. I do not want poverty to pounce on me. I do not want scarcity to attack me and rob me. Are y'all with me? So you can learn, you can look at some people and let's just call it what it is. I know we're in a day of politically correct. And I say flush all that and listen to me, call things what they are. And when people are lazy, they're lazy and don't be lazy. What's the fruit of their life when they're lazy? Watch the fruit of the life. You don't want that. You hear me? And your heavenly father is not the government. God is your heavenly. Well, they'll come through. No, you need your heavenly father and you, and he holds some standards for you and you're not to be lazy. Well, how'd you learn that from scripture and from watching people? I don't want that for my life. I don't want that for my family. I don't want that for my ministry. So you know what? You learn, you watch, you think about it, you learn a lesson. And so we're going to, we're going to extract a lot of wisdom from watching people in a positive sense and in a negative sense in our life. I got to move on to the other one here. And the second part is this. You need to pray. Everybody say pray. Do you know what the biggest problem with praying is? We don't. We do not have because we do not ask. And prayer needs to be a part of your life. Watch this. In Luke chapter 22, verse 39 through 41. Coming out, he, Jesus, went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed and his disciples also followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray. Everybody say pray. Pray Pray that you may not enter into temptation. 
And, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he prayed. Now, if you remember the rest of that story, that scriptural account, Jesus prayed. What did the, did the disciples do? They slept. Jesus prayed. They slept. Watch and learn. And also realize that we watch and pray. And when the adversity came and when the enemy came, what did the disciples do? They freaked out. Aw, freak out. How many of y'all remember that? All right. my, my sister had the 45 of that. How many of you know what a 45 is? Not a gun. What did the disciples do? They freaked out. They panicked. They cut a guy's ear off and then they ran and hid. What did Jesus do? Jesus handled himself in full dignity and stayed on the plan. Not just because he was the son of God, but because he prayed. If he didn't need to pray, he wouldn't have prayed. He needed to pray. He wrestled it out with God. He said, not my will. Oh, I wish there was another way. But it's not my will, it's your will. And he wrestled that out. He never would have made it to the cross if he hadn't gone through this garden of prayer. And he dealt with it in prayer. And I'm going to tell you what prayer does. Prayer conditions and repairs and opens your heart so that wisdom can come into it. Instead of freaking out, you know what he was able to do? Carry himself, I love this, carry himself in full dignity and stay on the plan. You and I need to watch. You and I need to pray. And you and I need to gain and squeeze wisdom out of everything and everybody that you can. The younger needs to seek out the older and say, I just need 30 seconds of your time. If you only had one bit of wisdom to give somebody like me, just tell me something. Tell me how you got through something. Tell me the most important thing that you've ever learned. Get wisdom from people around you. Read the Bible. Yes, 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 and yes. It needs to be primary in your life. But read some other stuff. Read some autobiographies. Read some biographies. Read how people failed. Read how people did awesome things. Read how people went through some crisis and emergencies. There's wisdom to be found, to be squeezed out of everything. Look back in your life and realize, wow, I never want to go through that again. And extract and squeeze out the wisdom of that. Find people around you. Get whatever wisdom you can from them. And like I've told you over and over and over again, if you're the smartest person in your group, get a new group. But get the wisdom that is available for you. Ask God for wisdom. Watch and learn and gain wisdom. Pray and it will condition your heart so that you can receive wisdom from the past. I'm going to say this to you again. What you fail to learn from, you are destined to repeat. And we've got to gain a heart of wisdom. Where there's sin in our life, we need to uproot that by repenting. Where there's hurt in our life, we need to forgive. As good comes into our life, we need to stay grateful. And I think probably the greatest thing that we need is we need to learn. And we need to have all the wisdom that we can have in our hearts. Gain a heart of wisdom. It repairs and protects the soil of our heart. And everything flows from the heart. And you and I, you must guard your heart. 
And in you guarding your heart, let's make sure that we gain a heart of wisdom. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.